Hey guys, how's it going? It's Corey from Lean Green Dad Radio. Hope you're doing awesome. Today is episode 79, and we have a wonderful guest. Her name is Jarena Burton, and she's coming to us out of Canada. She is a multiple times over author, and we're going to be talking about her wonderful new book, Plant-Powered Families. So if you have kids and you want to try a plant-based lifestyle, this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Lean Green Dad Radio, episode 79. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome to Lean Green Dad Radio. Hey everybody, welcome to Lean Green Dad Radio. From sunny Orlando, Florida, this is Lean Green Dad Radio, the podcast that provides fuel for families. And now, here's your host, Corey Warren. Hey guys, how's it going? Hope you're having an amazing week as usual. If this is your first time hearing us, thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you're coming to us from Canada, where our guest is from, then welcome. We're so glad to have you. Uh, My name's Corey, and I am a husband, a father of three kids under seven, and a plant-based athlete. And each week I get to talk to some of the most inspiring folks that I can find to help keep me motivated to stay fit eat healthy, and get the most out of life as a busy parent. Because trust me, folks, that's what I am. Hey, finding time to work out and make healthy, quick meals for me and my family, all while trying to spend quality time together, can be really hard when we overschedule ourselves. So my hope is that by me getting a chance to talk to some of these awesome folks, that you will take away some quick tips or inspiration that you can try in your life to keep you and your family going strong. Now, we have a great guest today. As always, we have wonderful guests on the show, but today I'm super excited because for once, this is a this is a person that is cooking just like me for their kids. Her name is Drina Burton, and she's coming to us out of Canada, as I've said multiple times. She runs the Plant Powered Kitchen, which is a lovely blog, and uh, has five wonderful best-selling cookbooks, including her most recent one, Plant Powered Families. Because, you know, it's, it's one thing to be single or, you know, be in a relationship with no kids and to cook for yourself or cook for your partner, and you can experiment and have all this extra time on your hands and all that other stuff. But what I really wanted to dive into with Drina, as I'm in the process of writing my own book, is, you know, how do we get the most out of our nutrition with a small amount of time? Because I'm telling you, you come home from dance practice or whatever, and you just don't have enough time. So how do you do it? We're going to talk about all that today. So without any further ado, let's get into it. It is Drina Burton on episode 79 of Lean Green Dad Radio. Here we go. All right, everybody, welcome to Lean Green Dad. I'm so honored to have Drina Burton with us today. She is a 20-year vegan. You guys know who she is. She's got five best-selling cookbooks out there, including Everyday Vegan, Viva La Vegan, Eat, Drink, and Be Vegan, Let Them Eat Vegan, and of course, her most recent, The Plant-Powered Families book. Uh, She is a mom of three and just a wonderful person coming to us out of Canada. Welcome to the show, Drina Burden. Hi, Corey. Thank you very much. That was very kind. Thank you. Yeah, well, I ran into you after uh, hearing Matt on No Meat Athlete do a wonderful podcast interview with you. I know it took you guys a while to get together there. (laughs) Um, It was so great to hear you talking about 
you know, uh, helping families, busy families out there understand how easy it is to include this whole food, plant-based diet in their lives. And the plant-powered families, I know we'll just get right into the book, but uh, the, the plant-powered families book really just seems to hit home with, with that topic. So is, is that, this has got to be the book that you're the most proud of because, you know, it includes your whole family. Am I right? Totally. Yeah, totally. It has a very, you know, special place in my heart for sure. I mean, I, I, all the time I was doing books, I always had envisioned doing something that included the family. I was a little hesitant for a while to bring them into the, just into the photos and everything. I've always kind of kept them in the the background, um, but they haven't been like, up front and center on things. So I was a little nervous about doing that, but sure. um, I really wanted to because I knew it was really, uh, you know, pretty much the biggest part of what I'm doing now. I mean, uh, raising kids and feeding them well. And I mean, it just becomes the center of what you're doing when you're a parent. So almost like, how could I not? Right. <laughs> no, yeah. of course. Now, it's, let, I want to talk about starting them off young versus a family that wants to make this transition to a healthier lifestyle. With me, I have a, a seven-year-old daughter, and she started this journey with us at two years old. So we've been vegan, plant-based for five years, I'd say. And my other two kids, my my two sons, are uh, five and you know just turned one, and they're going to be you know plant-based since birth. So really, no problems there. But can you talk about your experience with your kids? Um, obviously, you being you know twenty plus years vegan, I'm sure they started their lives, you know, plant based. But what's 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 it like for that experience versus kind of some advice for families that might want to make the transition slowly? Yeah, I I hear about this a lot from parents, and I get you know, the question a lot. Um, I actually have a group on Facebook that's a community where people can ask questions to one another and other parents. And I find that's really helpful for people because we do have a lot of people who are transitioning with older kids, or sometimes it's their kids who are interested in becoming vegan and the parents are kind of trying to figure out how to do things. And, you know, somewhat reluctantly, they're the ones going into the mix. But um, yeah, I mean, for us, they've just grown with it and it's been part of their lives. And so, you know, they don't know any different. They don't know what it is to eat a burger. They don't know what, uh, you know, cow cheese tastes like, that kind of thing. So <laughs> it's never been, oh, I don't like this cheese because I liked my old cheese. Right. Or I don't want to try that milk. I like my, you know, it's not been that uh, situation. Although I will say that, I, you know, it's, to me, I sort of equate the milk thing with, um, it's just like how you might not like one type of milk. Like you may not like coconut milk, but you like almond milk or vice versa. And I think if you had been drinking plant milks all your life and then you were to pick up a glass of cow milk, I think you would find that pretty revolting, like that change and <laughs> even just how it smells and, sure. and, you know, that kind of thing. So it's all what we're used to. I mean, really, truly is uh, diet is a very learned thing. We learn it from our parents, our parents role model, and um, we learn food habits from them. We, we often learn food likes and dislikes from them. You know, if they kind of turn up their nose to a particular vegetable, well, often the kids will too. So, um, and you know, I tend to love, like, I, I tend to have these lunch bowls with greens and that kind of thing. And um, my older girl asked for um, the greens I was having one day because she saw me eating it. So it's that kind of thing where they really 
they pick up on your cues. So I think when you're transitioning, the key is to really embrace it yourself. And sometimes I say to parents not to make embrace it, but don't make a big deal of it. Like don't talk about the changes being, Oh, we're, we're stepping into this whole new thing now, you know, whole plant-based thing. Cause that's only going to, you know, have kids digging in their heels. Like, no way. I don't, kids don't really like a lot of change. They right. like what, you know, they really like that security blanket of their familiarity and routines. And like, that's really important in their world. And when you try to switch things up too much, they, they don't, you know, that's not pleasant for them. So to, bring in changes, but make them exciting and tasty. And maybe after they'll say, you know what, I use this tonight in this dish. Like, um, I used lentils tonight in that. What do you think? Or I used, um, you know, if you're transitioning and using a um, transition, um, say a faux meat, like a ground round, say, you know, I use that instead of beef. What do you think? And it's better for us and it's better for the environment and kind of bring it in casually. But um, to really kind of do it that way and always focus on the good food because I think if the food tastes great, if you put something on the table and everyone enjoys it and it tastes great, then afterwards you can talk about the specifics and they'll be happy because it was great. And also introduce some treats like make some cookies and say, you know what, we made those without eggs. There you, know, you go. Make, you know, show them that there's really fun food involved. Um, and the other thing I like to tell parents is to, um, and families is that really work with the food you already love and you already know and really love. So, you know, a lot of people love potatoes. So maybe just find some new dishes with potatoes that don't have meat or don't have dairy, don't have some of those standbys that you're used to, but maybe bring in something just a little different, but still your favorite foods. And so that there's that, again, familiar component without going out and trying something totally off the wall the first time. Like, you know, don't open that package of tofu the first week. <laughs> Work with the familiar things. And, you know, there's a lot of foods that we eat that are very familiar, like brown rice and pasta and potatoes and maybe work in sweet potatoes, those things. So uh, when you kind of approach it from that perspective, I think it can bring people along rather than have that resistance. I think so too. And you know, you mentioned spices in there and I feel like when, when we're eating, you know, meat eaters, when they're eating meat, I don't, I don't know if they necessarily like the actual taste of the meat itself, right? Yes. We season it with things and yes. you know, you go to a fancy steakhouse and they, they drop this big, you know, stick of butter on it almost. Right. And it's like, well, anything's going to taste good if you drop butter on it, I guess, you know? Um, but it's really the spices and the combination yes. of spices. So do you, do you find that there's a couple spices that you love? Like for me, it's, it's cumin, like, mm. and, and I don't know if it's got that liquid U of cumin or cumin, but either way, I cumin. it's like, however you say it, I love it. It's amazing in Mexican recipes, but it's also great with dark chocolate and, you know, it can really be mixed really, really well. So mm. talk to me about your, your spice uh, arsenal there. Sure. And I fully agree with what you just said. I have talked about this on social media. I've talked about it so many places because often people will say, oh, tofu is disgusting. It tastes like nothing. <laughs> and I'm like, well, hang on a second. Um, really, what we're eating is the flavor comes from and all the flavors that we infuse into food are plants. Like the flavors come from plant foods right. primarily, unless it's something like butter, which is more fat than flavor and salt. Mm. And um, no one sits and eats 
a boiled piece of chicken breast like that who would do that most people wouldn't do that because that is unappetizing a bodybuilder um, would do it i guess maybe perhaps <laughs> yeah yeah when it's just purely for function right so i right. fully agree with you the the flavorings and seasonings is you know that's really what it's all about and you can do those things with mushrooms or beans or potatoes or you know um you can add it to rice and grilled vegetables and all kinds of things so um I, I love, I mean, I love cinnamon. I use it a lot and I use it in baking a lot because it adds a lot of natural sweetness as well as just beautiful flavor. My kids love it and, you know, oatmeal and warm drinks. I make these, um, I make my own lattes at home in the morning. Not fancy, nothing like I don't have fancy machines or anything. I just froth <laughs> up my milk and add it to my, my drink. But I often add cinnamon to my teas with that and it's also really good in savory dishes. So it works well like in Mexican dishes um, and some other, you know, and in say Indian dishes where you're, you're bringing like the smoky earthy spices and then that little bit of a sweeter spice is really nice too. Um, and I love cumin as well, but I also love, um, I love fennel seed and I love it in Italian dishes. My kids do not love fennel seed. They will try to pick it out of everything. Oh my gosh. So ground fennel is a nice substitution there, but another spice that I totally love and once you try it it's kind of like there's no going back is smoked paprika yes yes, yes. i have that in one okay. of my recipes and it is a game changer go ahead yeah. go ahead yeah you just don't go back to paprika after it's like why, <laughs> why use it unless you're just adding color there's no point right right <laughs> at least that's my opinion i'm sure there are people who will disagree so yeah i love those and um i love adding citrus with spices as well like lime juice and lemon juice because it really heightens the flavor i love citrus in general i go through bags of of lemons every week um because i add them i add lemons to my smoothies i use lemon juice and hummus and you know all kinds of dressings and dips and sauces so i really love citrus and in, in recipes as well yeah they're very functional they serve as a great decoration and then throughout mm -hmm. the week they kind of disappear and that's how you want it to happen yep um okay so how about you know the question you get so frequently how do you get them to eat greens kids young kids how do you get them to eat the greens because with my daughter uh she it's like a light bulb went on and i've educated her on how healthy they are for you and all the nutrient qualities and everything else but she doesn't really care about that she just wants it to taste good so mm -hmm. for me it was a texture finding the the one with the right mm -hmm. texture and also finding one that uh, mixed well and she's now having a, a vegan Caesar salad that she brings with her with chickpeas on it and beautiful she loves it she she's obsessed about it and yes. uh, you know how do you how do you get younger kids to to start mm -hmm. to experiment with greens well, first, that's uh, that might be a solution right there is a creamy dressing because my kids also love a vegan Caesar as long as it's not too garlicky. Cause right, I, right. I find my gar anytime there's raw garlic in something, it's really too strong for them. Um, but they also love vegan Caesar. It's not my little one. Um, so in my little one's seven. So that's your older one, right? Right. <laughs> Um, so smoothies, she'll drink green smoothies. So my, I have th the three girls, um, the older girl is great with green smoothies and the youngest is great with green smoothies. The middle girl, she'll drink them, but she doesn't love them. So it takes her about like, it seems like it takes her all morning to get through it. She takes it around with her. <laughs> <laughs> she like forgets it in the car. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. 
And I'm sure if I had put it in a cup that wasn't that she couldn't see the color, she'd just drink it. But oh, yeah. she knows I put parsley in there and spinach and like. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, uh, but it's funny because I remember like our youngest used to eat greens off my plate when she was. Uh, when she was just a baby, she'd be one and she'd grab greens off my plate and just start eating them. Wow. And then she just hit this stage where that stopped. And sometimes I think their taste buds start to um, evolve and, you know, they may be open to them early or they may not be, but something sometimes happens and that is a switch for them. And I definitely see that with kids that greens are just, you know, most of them are naturally bitter, so they're pretty averse to them. Sure. And so you do have to be kind of creative with them. And then, you know, like with greens for salads, our girls prefer the sweeter greens like romaine and lettuces because they are a little sweeter. So for basic salads. But again, my little one does not, she won't eat salads. I think there's the textural thing for her. Right. So I rely on smoothies, but she'll eat other green things. So she'll eat broccoli or asparagus or green beans or green peas. She loves green peas. So... I try to remember that there are other green foods, not just the green leafies. Um, but when I make a smoothie, I pack a lot of greens in. I mean, they, they're they packed in there. Yeah. Um, and then my older girl, so what I've noticed is as they do get older, because, you know, this is like a repetitive thing where you're always reinforcing the good choices and they see you eating it and they have a little bit every day and it grows with them. It grows on them and it grows with them. So our older girl, she, she sits and she eats a huge hefty salad at dinner and she loves green smoothies and she likes steamed kale and all of that. And, um, she did this hockey tournament the weekend and, and my husband and her went to dinner at just like a cafe place and she ordered a kale salad, you know? So (laughs) most 15 year olds don't order kale salads, but she likes it now. Sure. So it's that thing where comes with time and uh you just kind of have to remember that as frustrating as it may be to see the greens not being eaten i think you have to do your best and then let some of it go and realize it will come (laughs) it's true it's true and that was kind of the answer to my next thing that i was going to transition is you know how do you react when they don't like something now I'd say nine out of ten. I, I make a pretty good dinner, and the kids are like, "Oh, this is so good! Everything's right. great." Yeah. But there's that one time that my daughter uh, and we we did a podcast together, my daughter and I, where she's giving kids advice on how to tell your parents you don't like something, <laughs> and Aww. you know, she's uh, I think she was six at the time, and she's like, "Well, you want to tell your parents, you know, excuse me, Daddy, I just want to say thank you very much. You have made a wonderful dinner, but." I do not feel that this is something that I am enjoying at the current moment. And I'm like, I didn't feed her any of that stuff. And That's she's just very this. polite. But, you know, I wonder, <laughs> I wonder, Love. you know, it, it can be so disheartening when you have worked so hard to make a dinner and the kids just don't like it for whatever reason. So do you have a rule? Like, do you make them try it seven times or, you know, something like that, seven bites or anything? Or do you just say, okay, I understand and not make a big deal out of it? Yeah, well, I think usually when they don't like it, I mean, I think I can tell when they really don't like it or if they're just trying to see how much wiggle room they can get <laughs> to try to get something else because usually they play us and you yeah. know that they're just saying, you know, I'm full, but then a half hour later they're hungry for something. Yeah. Um, you know, there are times when... Uh, I've tried something new and they don't love it. And I just say to them, guys, I know this is not your favorite meal, but you know what? This is dinner tonight. So yes, 
eat it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's out, right. Eat it. I'm not making anything different. And the only time I do something different for them is if my husband and I really want something like a spicy meal that's I know it's just too much for them. Like, right. you know, say like an Indian dish that's really got some heat to it. It's really not pleasant for them. So, you know, I won't make them eat something like that. I usually just do something kind of similar for them or give them a portion before I add the heat, that yep. kind of thing. Yep. Um, but yeah, usually it's, they're good. I agree with you. Usually they're really accepting. And for me, it's usually the littlest who likes to say something is not her favorite or she doesn't want it or uh -huh. blah, blah, you know, something like that. And I just look at her now and say, you know what, this is dinner. Um, so you eat it. Occasionally, if she's really finding spice something strong, I'll give her some avocado in it because that usually does the trick. Nice. Yeah, so, that's a yeah. great tip. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if your kids love avocado, it's it's always a it's always a win. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um, okay, so you mentioned your husband. Sometimes we'll mm -hmm. take them out and stuff like that. Has he always been on board with the way that you eat? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, see, we made the transition together years back. Like, uh, we started eating vegetarian together and he was probably, I was probably making some of the choices a little sooner and then he kind of followed. But I, when I say sooner, I might've been saying not eating meat at all for a couple of months and then he followed. Um, and we married early, like I was 24 when we married. Um, so we started like cooking together early and I did most of the cooking so once I have to say when I started cooking and you know as as you do as like a young couple you're kind of figuring out food I mean I I learned a lot through books and, and tv shows and that kind of thing I didn't enjoy the prep of meat and and animal parts oh, and me neither. The yeah the cleanup after and the the concerns about food contamination yeah. and all of that it really was a turnoff for me. And once I discovered eating fully plant-based and, you know, no eggs, no deer, it was just, it was pleasurable. I really loved, you know, how to, you could work with new ingredients and the colors and it was just so much fun. And so uh, as long as the food was good, you know, he's like most people, he was on board. He was like, okay, it's, it's great. So um, he was, he was good about it. I mean, at first we had a lot of questions because there wasn't a whole lot of information available as there is now but once we put those concerns aside um it was all good so yeah he's pretty much been along for it i mean he loves everything i cook for the most part there's certain vegetables he doesn't like like a kid <laughs> <laughs> it's true so it's we true like to tease him he doesn't like carrots and you know <laughs> oh my gosh how funny yeah. Well, yeah. it's one of those things that, you know, if you're able to have a partner that can make the transition with you, that, that's something that I always preach. And I kind of urge the dads out there and the husbands out there that if your wife does want to take this journey and try to, uh, you know, make a healthier choice and try to be more plant-based, then you need to give it a shot with her. You can't close it off and say, you know, I'm just going to stay to my steak and potatoes and that's all I'm going to do. And you do your meal and I'll do mine and we'll just have two separate meals. I think, you know, marriage and, and being a happy couple and a, a positive family is all about making positive compromises for each other. And I think, you know, to, to couples that, you know, might not be on the same page when they first start out and not be as lucky as you and I, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's about compromise and, and being able to be open to, to trying new things. Is, is that kind of been your experience too when you're asked that similar question? 
Yeah, I think you're so spot on with that. I mean, I think what can happen initially is that that attitude might, uh, you know, persist for a short term where they don't want to be part of it. But I think ultimately when you're in a relationship, if, if you're not working together on things, that can become a real, um, you know, that can really destroy your, your not destroy your marriage, but really become a, something that becomes a, a big issue in your life. Yeah. And I, the people that I know who are, you know, together and maybe didn't start out in the vegan or plant-based mode together I think they've adapted together like they they may have been doing it very differently for a couple of years but then the other one came along or started to because it's a learning process it's I don't know how you can live with someone who's eating plant-based and vegan and not come to know that world of health and um, environmental, you know, sustainability and animal compassion and it not have some impact on you, it not start to become part of your awareness that you want to make some changes too. Like that almost seems hard for me to believe. So I think, I think ultimately, yeah, if you're in a loving relationship, you want to support each other in changes and things that are ultimately to the you know good health for both of you anyhow sure so yeah I think that's you know it, it's hard I'm sure for a lot of people I hear from a lot of people that are in that situation but I also hear from quite a few that say hey you know they're finally coming on board because often it's the man that needs to be <laughs> brought along it's true it's true I'm, t I'm trying to talk to these fellas and get Please them in do. gear I'm trying yeah, yeah exactly and <laughs> I do hear that, that like, yeah, they're finally accepting this, this, and this. And I think once they see that the food is really hearty and delicious and that they actually feel better and they actually have more energy and they're actually more macho. Yeah, <laughs> hey, man, for me, yeah. it's like, you know, look at, there's an NFL lineman out there. I'm sure you know David Carter. It's like, yeah. you know, look at the 300-pound vegan. It, you don't have right. to be a skinny dude. You, you, It's not making you less of a man to eat right. plants. I mean, look at... Rip Esselstyn out there and all those right. other great guys. It's like there's so many, so many Ironman champions. I mean, there's so many people out there that are eating this way and elite athletes and all this other stuff. So, well, good, totally. good. Um, all right. So at home is one thing. Of course, we're at home. We're in our, our safe haven there. But uh, when we go out and social situations, that's probably the number one thing that you're asked all the time. And uh, our, our rules, you know, are a little bit unique in the sense that we have a conversation. Um, we, we, and again, mine are super young, you know, so mm -hmm. they're, they're at the point where they need us to help guide yes. them. Yes. Um, yep. I, I don't think in any guidance situation that we would uh, let them eat a animal-based product uh with with dairy and eggs just just because it's it's yep. not what we do but at the same time i'm open to having a discussion about it and um you know i, I had ruby roth are you familiar with ruby mm -hmm. roth okay yep. Yep. so ruby had done a post sometime that had talked about the education aspect of it and if your kids are truly educated on all of you know, the factory farming and the, the nutritional benefits and the, the earth benefits, then they, they would more easily understand and be able to make that decision a bit simpler for them that they're, they're not going to eat that. But 
sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. I mean, that's a perfect world, but when your best friend who is not vegan is eating a delicious cupcake next to you at a birthday party, what are you supposed to do? How do you right. handle it, Drina? Right. Well, I mean, you're right. When they're smaller, you won't, you have to be their champion in those situations. You really have to be on top of what's going on. And I talk about that in the book because um, in addition to like the recipes, I have these sections about packing school lunches, what you can pack for kids, especially with all of the nut restrictions and peanut restrictions. And then there's a section about birthday parties and what to do when you're invited to a party that's not vegan or when you want to host your party. And of course, you don't have, you know, <laughs> that little <laughs> tribe of vegan friends that we have online. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in our in our bubble of uh, the vegan world online. So, um, yeah, when I mean, where I'm at the stage now where it, it's eased off socially because my older girls, they know all they know all of the components of what they're eating and they know how to handle these situations and if they're going to a party they they know what they're going to sort of come in you know what what situations are going to come up and um when if they're at a hockey tournament it's all we know we've been through it so many times but when they were younger and for my youngest if they're going to a party then I always contact the host at, in advance and just say hey you know this is how we eat. We don't eat meat. We don't eat dairy. We're vegan. So I always bring, and I never ask them to, you know, I never say, Oh, what will you have for us? I just say, because nine times out of 10 pizza and hot dogs are water at parties. Like sure. I have never experienced sure. <laughs> anything, but it's always pizza and hot dogs at parties. So I'll say, you know, are you having pizza or hot dogs or what are you having? And, and I'll bring, something for my daughter and I will pack like a vegan hot dog. I always bring the equivalent. So I'll bring like a couple of slices of a vegan pizza and I buy the one that looks like the pizza they will get at pizzeria. Like I'll buy the day. We're fortunate to have these substitutes now. Yes. We're so lucky because years ago I would make, you know, the pizza and we didn't have the vegan cheeses. Right. And, you know, so now I just buy that and bake it up and cut up a few slices and send them off. And we don't always have time to, you know, bake cupcakes or whatever. But usually most people can pick something up at either a, you know, a health food store where they can get um, something at the bakery that's vegan. Often you can do that. Or the other thing I do is I will get um, some of the novelties, like the frozen novelties, the... Um, ice cream sandwiches or the ice cream bars and I'll bring those and just ask the host if they can pop it in their freezer because kids always love those treats and usually the other kids are looking at the ice cream treats thinking you know I kind of want that yes of course because <laughs> sometimes the cake is not that great those store-bought cakes are usually not great um so I I tend to it's about preparation in those situations like knowing ahead of time but we have definitely had situations where the kids have been at parties and accidentally eaten like a piece of bread that had dairy in it. And we knew later because one of our daughters, you know, she like her tummy was bothering her. And I said, you know what you have at the party? And so even though you prepare as much as you can, you're going to have those situations where they accidentally have something and you just say, okay, well, you talk to them about it. And it's like, you just have to accept it and move on. You know, it's like, oh, well, well, this is what it has next time. Just you know, be aware, la la la. And that's all the teaching experiences that you'll, you'll get right. from those things. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So it's just about being a little more prepared, but at the same time, they're eating better food anyhow. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. 
I always have swaps at home too because the loot bags and things, they have a lot of candy and junk and yeah. colored things. And so I'll always say to the kids, hey, I'll trade you at home. Like I've got these good things at home. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that's really cool. I haven't thought about the trade, uh, you know, other than like Halloween or something right. like that. I, I actually pay my kids for their candy. There if, you go. That you know, works too. <laughs> I'll give them, you know, whatever it is, a penny or five cents, whatever per yep. piece. And then I let them separate the vegan stuff from the non-vegan. And, yep. you know, we talk about it. Um, well, and that... Sometimes a trade can be something else too. Like sometimes I'll say, hey, you want to ditch that? You guys can have like a movie when you get home or a show. And, you know, that's a fun thing for kids. And our kids don't watch like a ton of TV. So... Yep. There's also that, you know, there's other things you can do. Yeah, it's true. I mean, an iTunes movie goes a long way because they yeah. know that you have to buy it. And it's one of the most recent popular ones. So that makes sense. Right, right. Um, all right. So my last little topic, and then I want you to tell us more about the book so we can tell everybody where to go and buy it. Um, but the the treats, just like we talked about, you know, mm -hmm. sugar and mm -hmm. uh, containing the sugar, I mean, for, for me, yeah. I think that it's, it's so hard to be perfect. You know, we've got a lot of our colleagues out there that are, they, they, they preach the perfection and some people absolutely need that, especially folks that are just coming off of, you know, type two diabetes totally. or something yep. like that. I mean, yep. it's, it's, it, there is no in between, uh, there is no moderation, but yep. you know, with our kids, uh, I, I think that there's a way to get things to be sweet without being mm -hmm. as much processed sugar. So what, mm -hmm. what, are you, what are your favorite go-tos? What is, what is your, how do you ration it? How do you do that? And how did sure. you do it with your kids? Yeah. And I, I mean, I agree. I, one, I have a sweet tooth. I, I think I may have had <laughs> like some kind of soda in my bottle as a kid or something <laughs> um, back in the day because I have an incredible sweet tooth. So I've always had a passion for making healthier desserts. Like yeah. always, even when I started um, baking way back, I wanted to make them healthier. So, um, and I agree, kids need, you know, they need that childhood experience and, and, it should be fun and they should be able to enjoy things as well. Um, and kids are in a different health situation. You know, we're, we're raising them um, and they, we, they shouldn't be concerned about all of these major issues unless there really is an issue to be concerned about. They should enjoy their childhood. So, um, yeah, sh treats. I mean, I use um, more natural sweeteners, number one. So, uh, I rarely use, ref well, I don't use refined sugar at all. And I rarely use any granulated sugar. I really love maple syrup, pure maple syrup. That's my like go-to sweetener. I use um, dates a lot. I love dates. And I also use brown rice syrup. And the one granulated sugar that I use is coconut sugar because it's very, um, it's less processed than the other sugars and it retains more nutrients and it has a lower glycemic index. So it's a, quite a nice sugar to use when you need a granulated sugar, and it has a beautiful flavor, very caramel-like, very um, like a robust flavor. So more, more, it has more flavor for less sweetener. You know, a little goes a long way with it. Sure. And um, so I use those in recipes, and I also use a lot of um, just vegetable and fruit purees, and I don't use them to hide the veggies. I use them truly for texture and sweetness. So. Uh, overweight bananas and applesauce and I use 
cooked sweet potato a lot. I love it. I have a chocolate cake recipe in the book that has become really popular with my readers. And it has sweet potato in the cake and also Ooh. in the frosting. Oh my God. And it's fabulous and delicious. And, you know, I make that cake. The kids love it. I, people can't believe there's sweet potato in it. And yes, there's other sweeteners in it too. And um, it's a treat, though it is a treat, right? Yes. So, I mean, again, just sort of reinforcing that that's, these are, this is part of, but this is part of our kids' world. And we need to remember that. I mean, our kids are, you know, now when they're in school, they're exposed to this like sugar train from the minute they hit school. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't, it doesn't seem to end. Like it, it starts when they are, and especially when they're really young, parents want to bring in cupcakes for every single birthday. And there's parties in school and there's Halloween and there's um, holidays and Easter and Valentine's. And it's like constant. And every time you look, parents and parents are the worst. They're bringing in things to give out to kids and it's all sugar. Yes. Yes. It's and true. And you just want to say, can we stop? Please. Please. <laughs> can we stop? You know, like Valentine's used to be just little cards and now it's cards with a lollipop, cards with sugar, cards with candy. It's just overwhelming. And so we need to find ways to be creative and let our kids, you know, enjoy the treat and it not be as sweet and you really when you start to enjoy when you start making desserts and treats this way they have a different flavor they have like it's not just sweet if you know what I mean it's sometimes you taste an icing and it's one of those buttercream icings and yeah. it's just fat and sugar but there's nothing else there so it's there's something empty about it. You know, it's just like, ah, it's just too much of nothing. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's very rich, but not very pleasing. So when you use other things, it's, there's a whole like flavor factor that comes in and, and texture. And it's just, it's more of an experience. It's more tasty. It's delicious. So uh, I think you enjoy it more ultimately, but your taste buds change too, so that you don't want things to be as sweet. Right. And you can enjoy them, but they're not sickly sweet. Oh, amazing. All right. So tell us where, obviously, tell us more, anything else you want to tell us about the book. I mean, we're already super excited, I'm sure. And everybody's going to go on Amazon and grab it right now. But um, tell us also, you know, all the places we can follow you. Of course, we will list everything in the show notes. But, uh, you know, feel free. Tell us about, tell us your favorite thing about the book. <laughs> oh, sure. I... <laughs> I, uh, I went down a lot about desserts there. Did you notice? <laughs> I know. I'm telling you, girl, I love desserts. I just I'm realized. Same, I was like, same thing. whoa, okay, yep. calm down. We have a lot of, we have a lot of, that's your next book. Do, do just desserts. There oh, you go. Gosh, I really could. But. <laughs> um, you know, I just, I think I love in the book, uh, I mean, I, the recipes are really doable. They're all whole foods, so they're they're more um, accessible and natural and they're easier to make than I think many of my previous recipes where I tried to find ways to make them quicker for families to make but still very flavorful. Uh, but beyond the recipes, I think there's a lot of tips in there that parents would find useful, like I mentioned with um, packing school lunches and then also I give some ideas for helping kids through like pickiness with foods, like the picky kid that you may have. Um, we all have them. Sometimes they're all picky. <laughs> right. And just some strategies that might help you, especially when they're little. As they get older, it gets a, a lot easier with, you know, in terms of that. And then there's nutritional information in the book too about, um, you know, RDAs of 
all the nutrients and then um, where they can find those nutrients in their foods and sample menus, that kind of thing. So there's a little bit of everything in there, but um, yeah, there's that chocolate cake. <laughs> right. <laughs> there's that cake. <laughs> there you go. We've got to find that chocolate cake recipe and we've got to just cook it instantly. I think I should make that for my daughter's birthday. It's coming up soon. Oh, totally. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Hey, where can we find you? We've got you on, oh, sure. we've got yeah. you everywhere, right? Yeah, my site is uh, plantpoweredkitchen.com. So that's my actual blog and website. And then from there, you can find all of my links on Twitter and Facebook and Pinterest and Instagram and all that jazz. Um, that's, that's my main place is plantpoweredkitchen.com. Hey guys, what's up? It's Corey back in the studio. Thank you so much for making it through another episode of Lean Green Dad Radio. But hey, don't let your experience end here. Feel free to visit us online over at leangreendad.com. There you can find our Facebook page, our Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and of course, our YouTube channel. And if you feel so inclined, sign up for our email list and you will be sent a free grocery guide. And uh, that's just me walking through our local Whole Foods, showing you all the stuff that I buy to make our family as healthy as possible. So until next time, thank you so much. Again, visit us online at leangreendad.com. Leave us a review in the iTunes store if you think of it. And uh, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Until next week, this is Corey from Lean Green Dad saying keep going that extra mile for your family. See you next week, guys.